out um, new name House of Miracles. Okay, sound. Anna, if you want to say something that's not ad living while singing, she's going to give this sign. That means you need to turn up her mic because this happens all the time. The worship leader decides to talk. No one can hear what they're saying. And that's even if um, it's like the music is going and it's an interlude. Sometimes I feel like exhorting. You can't hear them exhorting either, if that makes sense. So she's going to give that sign and then offering will come right before House of Miracles, KK. Right be so right after new name, offering. Thank you, guys.
was found Couldn't find a solid ground I was blind, couldn't see How you called me royalty But in just three days you came and
Welcome to Refuge Church this afternoon. All those that are joining online and all those that are in the house today, would you please just stand with me real quick? We're going to go through some quick announcements uh, today real quick. My name is James Chester. For any of you that don't know, we welcome you here. Uh, First and foremost, we just say thank you for coming. We're so glad that you joined us. Second thing I would say is if you have any kids that you have not checked in downstairs, please go ahead and do that. If you would like to have guidance in any of that, we do have people who have lanyards on that say, ask me, and they would be more than willing to help you with that. And so if you haven't done that, go ahead. And there's some classes that we offer to all those that are four to 10 years old that will be joining what looks like a very exciting time downstairs today. They're going to be talking about Ruth. And so uh, I think it looked pretty cool. So if you haven't, if you're going to be able to be a part of that, it's going to be fun. So then we also have our bridge class that will be downstairs joining after, right after the praise team scenes and we have a time of worship. So I have a real quick announcement for small groups. We have a video that we're going to show real quick. So if you haven't done that yet, you still have time. We want to see you in a small group. They are exciting things to be a part of. I'm going to tell you, life-changing moments can happen in a small group. They can happen in a church service. They can happen in a Sunday school service. But I feel very connected when I get people that come into my home, share a meal with me, sit down, and we have a, a conversation. It's just a special time, and I hope that you can be a part of that. We want you to be a part of that, so you still have time to sign up. Go ahead and do that today. Uh, Another announcement real quick is that the praise team, they will have a practice on February 17th. That will be at 5 p.m. We want to convey to you that if you are interested in joining the music department, this practice will be a good time to get a sneak peek and see behind the scenes and talk with our very own music department leader, Sister Jackie Dornbach. You'll have a chance to do that, yes. She's awesome, she does a great job at being over that ministry. We're thank, thankful for her and for what she does in this church. And then we have Family Wednesday, and that'll be on this upcoming Wednesday on January 31st. If you are a kid who likes to be able to be a part of the service because you just like being a part of a service, we want you to be here early to join us. You can be a part of the praise team. You can be a part of our guest relations team. You get to have an opportunity to be involved in that service. And we want you to know that you are special in that moment, that we do think that you're an intricate part of this church. Just be here 35 minutes early, parents. Nothing more, nothing less. There you go. 
With all that said, we want to just enter into a time of prayer, a time of where we just start to seek after God. There's a lot going on right now. There's a game being played today that I'm afraid some people felt like they needed to be a part of. And, but there are many of us that have chosen to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Why? Because that's the real prize. Because that's the real game going on right now. So when I read in Psalms 36, it says, The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. Let not the foot of pride come against me. Let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. If you have came into the house today, I want to declare to you that no matter your circumstance and no matter your situation, God can make a way for you. You came into a place where there is hope, where there is salvation, where there is going to be grace. So let's enter into a time of prayer, will we? Jesus, we come into this house today declaring, God, that you are the one who makes a way. You are the one who we put all of our trust into, Jesus. Lord, there is no other. I don't care if there is a football game going on outside this house today, God. I want to declare you with everything that I am, Jesus. I want to declare you because why? You are worthy of it all, Jesus. You are the one that I want to put my eyes on to. You are the one I want to look to. There is nothing in this world that is worthy in comparison to you, Jesus. I want to declare your goodness across this land, Lord. I want there to be a burden of salvation on my heart today, God. I want all those that are in the highways and in the byways to be freed of the sin that has been declared over their life. Whatever situation that they have entered into, God, I am praying Jesus' name on that thing. Let no sin come against us, God. Let nothing take us away from doing what you've called us to do. Let us be transformed into your image, oh Jesus. Jesus, I declare your goodness. I declare your greatness today, Jesus. You are worthy of it all, God. Lord, let your name be run over this house today, Lord. Let there be a special anointing on all the speakers today, Jesus. Let all the things that are in our minds be washed away. Let there be a clarity of your goodness in this house today, Jesus. Let us declare with worship and praise that you are the one who is worthy of it all, Jesus. Jesus, we declare your name. You are worthy of it all, Lord. Oh, glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no one other on the throne. You are the great King, the great majesty. Lord, we surrender unto your will today, Jesus. Let us surrender, for there will be signs, there will be wonders, and there will be miracles. Oh, when we submit to your name, 
when we humble ourselves and pray, our land can be healed. Our cities can be freed from the addictions and from the things that we cause to stumble, God. I pray today, Jesus, let us be in mind with you today. Let us have unity in this house today, God. Jesus, we pray in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory.
but Jesus pulled me out. Now I'm no longer down. I'm so glad He changed me. See, I now a new creation in Christ. The old has gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by sight. There is a new thing written down in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. I've met the author of my story.
of my story And he's mine, yes he's mine There is a new name written down in glory And it's mine, yes it's mine I let the author of my story Your word says that he that be in Christ is a new creature. Lord, we are no longer the same as we used to be, bound, depressed, addicted, but we are new in you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Is anybody thankful for that today? Why don't we give him another hand clap? He has been good to me. He has been good to you. into the storehouse that there may be food in my house test me in this says the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it Malachi 3:10. when I read the words test me in this verse I think personally you know we've all been in those seasons of financial hardship but there is no better time in your life to show where your heart really is and if you're willing to test the Lord. And right now I think our society, we're all kind of going through that. But what better offering to give when it actually costs us something and when we actually have to stop and think, Lord, I know that I could use this a million different ways, but I am your child. And God, today I want to give you what you are due. Lord, I will test you and I will prove you and I will try you and I know that you will show yourself faithful. So today, don't doubt God because he is faithful and he is never changing. And the best, the best of what we have, the best of what we have, is so small compared to his best. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That means more than we could think of or imagine. And he is here today to pour his blessings out to us if we would just trust him. This is a place of praise Where every demon trembles And where we proclaim your name This is a house of 
hearts are full of faith. You have our full attention. You have the final say. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a 
today we know what house we're standing in this is a room where blessings miracles flow from God himself from the Lord Almighty he is here not just to give us our wants but to give us our needs he sees he sees into that hopeless situation, into the lost job, into the broken relationship, into the depressed mind. And there is nothing that is too big for our God. Even if you're here today and you say, you know what, my life is good. I don't have a need. I wonder if you have forgotten still what house you're standing in, that we are serving and worshiping a God right now who is able to heal the most broken of hearts, who is able to touch the most hopeless of situations. The, the bridge says, I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. Not by what I see, Lord, but I receive your vision right now, God. I see it the way that you see it. I see it the way that you have made it. God, even if I'm standing here right now and I don't want to lift up my faith again because I've tried that and nothing happened, God, I will continue to worship you like you are still moving. I will continue to trust you like you are still speaking because, God, I believe you are working all things for the good. You are still the God of miracles. You are still the God of abundance. You are still the God that is good and kind and faithful. I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working. All things forget. I fix. I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. 
This is a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. Oh, rather than waiting for the miracle to happen, why don't you just clap your hands as if you may be seated. Praise God. You know there are people across the country who woke up this morning with no hope. You might not be one of them, so you don't think about that. But there are people who are still laying in their beds across the country and even the world, maybe, that have a feeling no hope. There's a CEO who lost his job over the weekend and feels like there's no hope. There's a new mom that just had her boyfriend walk out on her and her child, and she feels like there's no hope. There's a homeless man that doesn't have a home or food, and he feels like there's no hope. There's someone that's just now starting to come down off a high from a weekend of drugs. And she's sitting there coming to her senses, feeling like there's no hope. A retired couple found out that they lost their investment, their retirement's gone, and now there's no hope. Someone this weekend found out that they have cancer, and the doctor looked them in the eye and said, I'm sorry, there's just no hope. Today, for just a brief slot of time, I want to talk to you about this topic. Hope always. Hope always. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're capable of. We thank you that you invite us to be a part of your power. We, you invite us to be a part of your plan for salvation. This really isn't just about us. It's about you and you allowing us to be a part of what you have for us. You have a plan for our lives. You have an eternal plan, and for that we are so grateful. Lord, help us. Help me to speak your word. Help, Lord, me to, to just actually get out of the way for you to speak your word through me, Lord, that our hearts and minds would be open this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. You know, I, I could have went on with this hypothetical list. I could have kept going. Probably hundreds of thousands of people are waking up, and their first thought in the morning is hopelessness. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't have anything to live for. And sometimes it can get so bad that somebody will say, I think it's better for me not to live. And a lot of these people, they, they end up considering suicide. And now I know for some, you might say, well, goodness, I've never been that bad. I've never felt that low. And for that, you should be grateful. Um, suicide sometimes can be based on chemical imbalance things in your life, but other times it's circumstantial, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a very real thing. And so while some people will look to drugs, some people will try to cover it with a Sunday afternoon of football and hard liquor. Uh, and based on sad statistics alone, do you know in the United States of America, 132 Americans commit suicide every day. Every single day, 132 Americans commit suicide. This means that someone has most likely already 
today committed suicide. And there are probably a hundred more who are going to commit suicide tonight. It's a very, very sombering, real thought. I pray I'm wrong by what I just said, but according to statistics from the CDC, this is what they say. And so many in our world will feel hopeless. But according to the CDC, 94% of adults surveyed in the United States of America believe that suicide can be prevented. Now, for those of you who have learned to live with depression and discouragement, because I would love to say, well, that's out there in the church. No one here ever deals with depression or discouragement. No one here ever thinks about suicide. But we know that that's probably not a real thing, that those things can even work their way into the mind and heart of a child of God. And so I, 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 I want to... I want to think about those people and talk to those people who are going, you know what, yeah, I've learned to live with it, but I wish my life had hope, wish my life had meaning, meaning the first definition found for hope in Mr. Webster's dictionary is the feeling that what is wanted can be had. You see, if I feel hopeless, right, I'm feeling that I want something that cannot happen. I, I, what I want cannot be had. I can't get my hands on that. And so in that area, I feel hopeless. Hopelessness comes when someone wants something that he or she feels like they will never be able to obtain. This is why many professional athletes retire and they get depressed because reality sets in of, I've come to the end of my road as an athlete. Many homeless people feel hopeless because, well, my situation is never going to change. I'm stuck here. Drug addicts feel hopeless because they feel addicted to a drug and say, I've, I don't have the willpower, I don't have the strength to break free from this, so I'm stuck here. I've spoken with single mothers, not every single mother struggles, but, but, but sometimes they do, and I've spoken with some who have said, I feel hopeless because I feel like, what kind of a good man would want to marry me who has multiple children, and so they feel like, I, I, I'm stuck here. And of course, the reason for so much hopelessness in America also stems from the desire for more, 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 more. Hopeless because the things I want will never be had. And that doesn't line up with Webster's Dictionary definition of hope. I'm here to say something this afternoon. And when you place your hope in right things, you will never have to live a hopeless moment in your entire life. I know that's a big statement because you might say easy for you to say, you don't deal with this, you don't have this, you don't struggle with this, and we can go ahead and justify our position however we want because typically when we're in a position, we often feel like we're the only ones that deal with this, nobody else deals with this. But other people deal with some of these things too. And I can say this today that if you will align your life and put your hope in the promises of God. You will never have to live a hopeless moment in your entire life. Psalm 16, 8, it says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, or because I have always kept God before me. When it says therefore, you go, it's, see what it's there for. Look, read, read what's prior. And that's what it's there for. When it says, therefore, because I have always set God before me, my heart is glad 
and my glory rejoiceth, my flesh also shall rest in hope. You know, when you feel hopeless, you often can, that, that can also feel restless. That when someone feels hopeless, sometimes even rest is disturbed because I'm so consumed with the fact that I will never have this. I, I, don't, have, I don't have the opportunity to wrap my hands around that. But I can rest. If I keep God before me, I can rest in hope. Hope means here in the book of Psalm, it says secure assurance, confidence. That's what that word means there. This verse doesn't just talk about our spiritual side. Notice it says that if I keep God before me, my flesh will rest in hope. It's not just, well, one day I'm just going to live in misery now. Not misery, misery. I live in misery now, but one day, someday I'm going to be able to find hope when I get to heaven. No, I don't think that's the way that, you know, certainly there's an eternal aspect. That's not the way that God wants you to live your life. He has joy unspeakable and full of glory, and it's not just when the trumpet sounds. God is calling you to live in hope today. That your flesh, not just your spirit, your flesh can rest in hope. If I focus on God, I can relax and have peace. I can, ne- I can make sure I will never be hopeless. I've aimed to teach my kids this at a young age. This hope and peace isn't just going to accidentally happen in life. It won't accidentally happen in our children's lives either. We must be intentional when it comes to training our children to walk in hope, to rest in hope. Psalm 31, 24 says, Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Who? Not just believers. Not just, oh, those that come to church. It says, He will strengthen your heart, all ye that hope In the Lord. So could it be that when we're hopeless, we're placing our hope in the wrong things? Hopelessness is when I'm placing my hope in the wrong things. But what about when things are bad? Because even bad things happen to good people. Psalm 71 says, mine enemies speak against me. And they that lay wait for my soul take counsel together. Just stop and think about that. We fly through that. Imagine, read the book of Psalms. Currently, I'm studying. I'm reading the book of Psalms. And I was telling my wife the other day, I said, it's just, it's just incredible to me how many times over and over again the psalmist is just like, life's terrible. Everybody's around me. Where are you, God? They're trying to kill me. I'm running for my life. But I will trust you. I will place my hope in you. I will rejoice in you. I will worship you, O God, and my creator. I think we could learn something from reading the Psalms of, you don't have to pretend like difficulties aren't there. Like, no, no, it's fine. I'm not going to talk about it. What? Talk about it. He's sitting there going, life is tough right now. I'm struggling, but I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to put my hope in you. I'm going I'm to trust you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to listen for your voice. Everything was about, I understand it might not be going the way I want it to, but you're still in control, God. And so he says, God hath forsaken him, persecute and take him, for there's none to deliver him. Oh God, be not far from me, oh my God. Make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and and will yet praise thee. 
more and more. It was not, look at this. It was not, hey, oh, wow. My situation turned around, so now I'm going to be happy. We didn't see the end of the story yet. He's going, yeah, this is tough. Adversaries are around me. I'm praying that you'll take, don't be far from me. I need you by me right now, God. But here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to hope continually and, and will yet, yet in spite of, because of, it doesn't matter if that's there, yet I'm making a choice today that I'm going to praise you. And as a matter of fact, I'm not just going to praise you. I'm going to praise you more than when things were going good. I'm going to make a conscientious decision, yet, though I'm, yet though he slay me, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to make an intentional choice that I refuse to live in hopelessness. Why? Because my hope's in you. When things look bleak and grim, continue hoping. Praise God all the more. But, but how can I continue hoping when things look so bleak and so terrible? Joel 3.16 says, The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. If you are wanting strength, if you're looking for hope in drugs, it's not going to happen. If you're looking for hope in sex, it's not going to happen. If you're looking for hope in retirement, it's not going to happen. If you're even looking for hope in a good marriage, it's not going to happen. I'm married. I'm happy. But if I'm looking to my wife to fulfill all my hopes and dreams, she's not capable of that. Because God puts something in me that says, no, no, I'm your hope. So no matter what you're looking for in your hope and your strength, if it is not God, it will only be temporary. It will be seasonal at best. And so I have a scripture to cure hopelessness this morning, this afternoon. Colossians 3.2 says, set your affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. That's the cure to hopelessness right there. Because I know even in a tough day, and it's so interesting, what a well-timed verse for this afternoon. What a well-timed verse. I get to, I, this is an exciting day for me because I get to look out and see who the real church is. And I'm not joking. This is a well-timed verse. Set your affections on things above, not on the things of this earth. And so right now, you know how many depressed and discouraged people there will be if a football team doesn't perform well this afternoon? I mean, like, go Chiefs. I want them to win. Yes, absolutely. But that's not going to ruin my day. That if a bunch of millionaire athletes don't perform well on a football field today, I hope they win. But my hope is not. I've experienced a lot of hopelessness being a sports fan from Wisconsin. <laughs> they just rubbed it in my face, put up green and gold on the lights today. Bunch of jerks up there. <laughs> but I set my affections. I'm not just talking football. I'm talking everything. Yeah, but you don't know. You go, don't go through this. All right, no matter what, I'm not saying 
Oh, my life's perfect. I got no issues. I haven't had issues in a decade. That's crazy. That's insanity. And I'm going to have good, good days. I'm going to have challenging days, days where I'm like, oh, this was, was a tough. I wouldn't want to go back and do that one over again. That one's, oh, Lord, where are you? Oh, don't you dare say that. Why wouldn't I say that? David said that. No, there's days I'm going to go, God, where are you? Don't be far from me today. Oh, God, I feel like adversaries are all around me. The problems are mounting, God. But yet I got to force this flesh to go, yet. I'm just going to praise you. I'm going to praise you even more. Why? Because praise is not dictated on an emotion. It's not dictated on a feeling. Well, I just didn't really praise God today. I, saw, I sat for worship and just kind of stared. And I, I just I wasn't feeling it today. Well, since when is praise? You're mixed up. Praise and worship is not an emotion. It's not, it's not just a feeling that I, I feel. I, when, when they set up the Old Testament, here's the tabernacle. They weren't, he, he didn't say, yeah, bring me a sacrifice when you feel like it. Kill an animal and pour out the blood when you feel like it. Wash at the laver when you feel like it. Come into the Holy of Holies when you're, when you're feeling up to it. Worship was, you know, there's some days I feel like doing it, and the goosebumps run up and down my spine, and I, they sing my favorite song. And other days it's, man, the flesh is weak. Help thou my unbelief. The adversaries are around me, but my hands are going in the air this afternoon. Not because I feel like it, not because life is perfect, not because all is well, but because you're worthy, God. And so yet, I will praise thee all the more. God, you're worthy. Lord, I bring you a sacrifice of praise. I exalt you, Lord Jesus. I praise your name. I magnify you. My situation will not dictate my worship. My worship is going to dictate my situation, God. And so I worship you today. I praise your name today. And that's the mature believer. He says, Webster says that belief that the thing you want can be had. If we will set our affections on God and not the things of this earth, hope extends far beyond our current situation. Romans 8, 19, it says, For all creation is waiting eagerly for the future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Are you? Are you waiting eagerly? Are you here today going, God, Life maybe not, may not, not, maybe not go the way I wanted. I didn't get the job I applied for. Things didn't work out. But God, I'm eagerly awaiting when you call me home. I'm eagerly awaiting for the trumpet to sound. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us. It's a foretaste of future glory. We get to taste, we get a little taste of eternity by what's filled, what we're, what, his spirit that we're filled with. But we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope 
Do you? Are you waiting with eager hope to see his face? Or has it been weeks, months, or years since we've even thought about our desire to see the face of Jesus Christ? I don't want to go through weeks, months, and years without going, God, I long to see your face. I am thankful and filled with your spirit, that foretaste of glory. But I want more. I'm not content with this to be my earthly home. I'm content for eternity. I'm desiring, hungering for eternity. I want to walk with you. I want to be in your presence. Eager hope when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he promised us. And as I get older each year, I get more excited about that part. <laughs> Growing up, I was like, I don't need a new body. I'm a teenager. This one feels all right, you know. I'd change a few things. But, I mean, now I'm like, you know, that sounds all right. <laughs> we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Have, have, have some people lost their hope in Jesus in eternity because they already have what they're looking for? Have I stopped dreaming about his face and being in his presence forever because that's not really the apple of my eye? If we look forward to something we don't have, we must wait patiently and confidently. I'm waiting patiently and confidently. Until one day, if, I, if the Lord chooses to take my life early and the dead in Christ go first, I'm, that's fine. Or if I'm alive and the trump sounds and we're caught away to be with him in the clouds, no matter what, I just, I dream of that day. When I get to sit down face to face with my Savior. That's why... Poor people yearn to be rich. Rich people yearn to be famous. Hungry yearn to be full. Broken yearn to be healed and fixed. They want something they don't have, yet they long for it. And, and that feeling comes up empty. You know, being separated from God, God wants us to yearn to be reunited with him in his presence forever. I've mentioned this in this pulpit before, but I will say, Old songs and worship choruses captured this much better than new worship choruses. My wife does a great job. Praise team does a great job. I'm not advocating to go back to a songbook. Some of you are like, well, we should. That's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I will say, there was something about the writers who went through these things and they penned the words to the old songs. And when you read those old songs, they longed for a day to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. Now, today, it's a lot of I am this and I do that and God is going to do this through me and I am powerful and I am great because of him, you know, whatever it is. It's very centric, focused on us. He's, I am great. I can do this and I can. I'm self-help. A lot of churches, pastors preach self-help messages. But when you read songbook songs, a lot of it was just, what a day that will be when my Jesus 
shall see when I look upon his face the one who saved me by his grace and when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the promised land what a day a glorious day that will be we used to sing songs i can hardly wait to see jesus sang songs that kept the main thing the main thing. We, kept, we sang songs that put hope, kept hope in front of us where hope belonged. I long to be in his presence. I want to put my hope not just in today's circumstance or situation, you might be here going, you don't even know. And you're right, I might not know. And I'm not trying to belittle what you're going through. But I'm here to say, if you cast your cares about him, on him, and you set your affections on things above and not on the things of this earth, no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the house looks like, no matter if you got the job or not, even if your spouse walked out on you, whatever it is, you can go, this is tough. God, where are you? I'm struggling. Don't be far from me. Be real. But you can go, yet I will praise thee all the more. Because my hope is not based on today's circumstance, today's situation, today's check register, today's employment situation. You're the God who never leaves, who never forsakes, who doesn't leave us comfortless, who will never leave or forsake us, who said you're with us always, even to the end of the world, who said you've gone to prepare a place for us. You're the God who will always have hope. I'll always, you're always there. And so you don't have to live in hopelessness. Set your affection on things above. I will boldly tell you something, and that's, there is no reason why a child of God should ever be hopeless. Now, I understand. Somebody could say, how dare you say that? You don't understand all this. I get it. But a child of God, if I set my affection on things above and not on the things of this earth, challenges, circumstances, situations, but I can always go, but I will not live a day in hopelessness. Because I know who I am because of who he is. And the spirit I have is a foretaste of glory. And I look toward eternity. And I yearn for and long for the day. You know, the vision of Refuge Church is experience hope, offer hope. God desires to offer eternal hope for his children. But then he expects us to go and to offer hope to hopeless people around us. He didn't just fill you with hope so you could just have a good Sunday afternoon. Romans 15, 13, it says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power 
of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, why in the world would you not want that? Read that verse. He's going to give you that confident hope through the Holy Spirit. So goodness, let's get the Holy Spirit so you can have that. It's not just, well, God said you're going to go into heaven or hell if you don't want to. And no, forget that. He wants to help you in this journey, not just eternity. Ephesians 2.12, it says that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, because if we're not walking in covenant relationship, we don't have eternal hope. And without God in the world, it says, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, were made nigh by the blood of Christ. That gives me hope. No matter what I'm going through, the fact that I was back here and he died for me and he shed blood. In Acts 20, 20, it says God purchased us with his own blood. He literally took on humanity to purchase our salvation. And now we can be made nigh because of that. So I sit here and go, no matter what happens, I'm going to have some horrid, terrible, frustrating, annoying days. I'm going to have some annoying, frustrating financial situations, doctor appointments, issues with family, but I can go, yet I'm going to praise you because my hope is not in today or the circumstance or the situation. It's in the fact that he died for me. He shed his blood. He gave me a foretaste of glory, filled me with his spirit, went to prepare a place. He has eternity for me so I can throw my hands in the air in spite of how I feel and go, thank you, God. I pray. I praise you. I worship you, God. I always will have hope. And as I close today, 1 Peter 1.18 says, For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things. So if we're not redeemed with corruptible things, then why would we trust in corruptible things? Sister Hannah talked about it with even tithes and offerings. First thing, we're tempted to cut because the electric says, I'm going to shut off your electric. The gas says, I'm going to, I'm going to shut off your gas. Grocery stores are not like, hey, you, you, look, you look hungry today. Go help yourself to food. But Jesus doesn't come do that. So we sometimes go, I'm going to cut him first because he, he doesn't send a collector after me. Imagine that. Tithes would always get paid if Michael the archangel showed up on your doorstep with a flaming sword and was like, hey, where's your 10%? <laughs> that would be interesting. Might have built six churches by now, but no, but so we'll say, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to cut that. Don't do it. Don't do it. He says, prove me. Trust me. Put me first and watch if you put me first, I'll pour out the windows. I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour out a blessing. You can't contain it. Wow. You know, I think I'm going to take him at his word. I'm going to give it a shot. It's the beginning of the year. Do it. Give it a shot. See what happens. So I'm not going to trust in the corruptible things. Silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, 
but who man, was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope, not just your faith, I think we do a pretty good job with faith. But faith, hope, and love, Paul clarifies three different things. We got to do well in all three. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, he says, is love. We got to do good with all three. But he says, Jesus shed his blood. You can put your faith and your hope in him. And so today, no doubt, it's not a prophetic word, God's laying on my heart. No, it's just sheer common sense. Some of you, things are going great. Others of you, you wouldn't want to relive this last week. You might say, you know what, matter of fact, can we fast forward past the whole year? You know, we, you might be in a tough spot. And so I do not stand up here insensitive with insensitivity going, I don't care about your situation. Just trust God. No, no. I know that you're going through things that are so tough, so challenging, testing you, trying your faith. But if you can go, no, God, I'm going to set my affections on the things above. My faith and hope is going to be in you. I'm going to have to put my confidence in you, and I am going to worship you. I'm not going to worship when you bring me through the Red Sea onto the other side. I want to worship on the side of the Red Sea before the waters even part. I want to be able to worship and raise my hands before the sea parts. That's where he's calling us to go as believers. Anybody can worship after a miracle. Anyone can worship after a miracle. Very few can worship when the need exists and the miracle has not transpired. And I'm asking, I'm wondering if there's anybody here today who are worshipers, even though your miracle has not yet transpired. Standing on this side of the Red Sea, surrounded by adversaries, between literally a rock and a hard place, Red Sea, looking back, going, God, where are you? I don't know how you're going to work this one out. This one seems pretty tough. But he's worked it out several times before. Matter of fact, even when it comes to sin, all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin are death. How are you going to work this one out? You've got a whole room full of people that are sinning. How are you going to work this out? I got a plan. I'm going to take on flesh and my blood's going to be shed. He has a plan. He always has a plan. But when you're standing there and you're surrounded by the adversaries and you're standing, you're, you're literally up against the Red Sea and its waves are going like this, it's tough to be able to go, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. God, here's my prayer request. But I don't want to just give you a prayer request and then complain about my situation. Here's my prayer request. Adversaries are surrounding me. Life is tough. Things are not going the way I want. I feel lost. I don't know how you're going to get me out of this one. This one's a tough one. But sometimes God says, I ain't getting you out of anything. I never promised I'm going to get you out of it. 
I promise they'll walk through you in, walk with you through it. And so I'm wondering if there's anybody that can say, oh, I'll worship. I don't, need, I don't need the story to have the end of the story. I don't need the miracle to have transpired. I can raise my hands on this side of the Jordan, on this side of the Red Sea. I can raise my hands and lift my voice even when I don't feel like it because he's worthy. Because my hope is not in today, my circumstance, my situation. My hope is in God Almighty. And so if you're one of those worshipers, I invite you before you head out today to come and find a place at an altar, to come up here and to just say, you know what, God, I want to get alone with you for a few moments because you're worthy of praise. You're worthy of worship. You're worthy, God. I refuse to let my circumstance dictate. I, I refuse. Things might not be great. They might not be going the way I want them to go. But the, my hope is not in those things. My hope is in you. And I choose to trust. I choose to have faith. I choose to place my hope in you. I choose, Lord, to look toward eternity. I choose, God, to not just get focused on today and next week. I'm going to look at you and say, God, I just can't wait. I can hardly wait to see Jesus. What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. When I get to look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by my hand and leads me to the promised land. That's the day I want to be thinking about. My hope is not on right now. It's not in today. My hope is on him. It's him walking and leading and guiding me in eternity. That's where my hope is. And I will choose to trust you. I will choose to put my faith and my confidence in you, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God.